Sound Review. Hey, Lou, what's going on? Doing all right, Wayne. I'm just here rocking my Steve Clark tee. Since, oh, wow, since the last episode, I had my Def Leppard shirt, and Steve Clark is my favorite Def Leppard member. And this is our second time trying to do this episode. And thankfully, the shirt came in. So perfect time to wear it. Second time to do it. I don't know what you're talking about. He lost the last episode. Anyways. <laughs> no, I didn't. No. Uh, but that's a, a very nice shirt. And uh, and we've been having like Etsy. a... Yeah, very cool. Uh, we've been having like a whole Def Leppard uh, almost a month now because you've had uh, Lorelai Shelton on your show. And then... Um, uh, well, I'm sorry, Lorelai Shelton? Shell, what is her nice name? I don't know what her name is. Shellist. 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 Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I I'm terrible with names. And then you also had uh, Phil Collins' wife. And I'm not even going to... What was her name? Helen. Helen, all right. And you had her on the show. I listened to that episode the other day, so that was, that was pretty cool. Thank you. Baby. Part two will be up by the time this episode airs. Very cool. I had the baby in the episode a lot, too, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jackson hogged the camera. He's a good kid, though. Yeah. Same age as my daughter, so uh, really. sweet, sweet kid. I mean, you know, just hearing <laughs> hearing Helen saying that Jackson says stuff like, I need to water the plants, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now they don't live here right they live in uh they live in cali oh okay all right so they are in the united states yeah and lorelei goes i think back and forth between florida and california um yeah that oh my god like never in a million years would i think i'd ever get a chance to interview lorelei shellist or i mean well helen has only been in phil's life for about the past 10 plus years Mm-hmm. Uh, never thought I'd get them on Music is Life. Never thought I'd be able to share this with Radsaw Review. But, you know, the backstory is this. You know, I, when I was my late teens, Behind the Music came on the Def Leppard episode. That and the Thin Lizzy episode are my two favorites. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were interviewing Lorelai, who they build right below it, Steve Clark's former fiance. And I'm like, oh, my God, this woman's gorgeous. And just hearing her speak so beautifully about Steve, but speaking about him in a different way than everybody else was, because they obviously had that connection. They were engaged, you know, and just the detail that that she went into about what he was going through. But knowing that in her book, Runway, Runaway, she goes into more detail about it. Like something that I didn't know about Steve until I read the book. He he was bipolar. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, that that was a huge shock. But she still spoke about him lovingly, even during the dark points Mm. of their relationship. And just to have her on the show and just Denise and I had such a wonderful time with her. And I'm not expecting Lorelai to watch this. But if she is, thank you again for blessing music is live podcast and the rat side review network with your presence you were wonderful and helen was just such a gem i mean you know she's an old school new yorker like myself you know she's a brooklyn girl and you know she she was just fun she was just fun part two uh is definitely a a barrel of laughs between me denise and her so that'll be cool and uh more of chingy chapman in part two as well (laughs) <laughs> and i heard uh she's got some like kind of uh, black metal or death metal album or something coming yeah, out. yeah no no not album <laughs> I, 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 don't, I missed it i was doing something. a lyric video for a death metal oh, okay. band all right and i was like i'm sorry what did you say 
I never would have thought that a wife of a member of Def Leppard would be doing a lyric video for a death metal band. Like, who'd have guessed that? But yeah. hey, yeah, you know, I mean, they love, they see value in what she produces. She saw value in their music. Hey, that's great. Yeah. It's like the name of my show, Music is Life. All art is valid. Hashtag. <laughs> exactly. That's like, you know, like me, you know, I don't listen to one specific genre of music. You know, a lot of people don't, you know. But, I know uh, you're rocking a merciful fate tea and a grunge uh, final. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place today, but uh, you know, I have to be like that. I can't just be like stuck in one genre. You know, it's boring. No, I know. <laughs> I mean, way too much music out there. So, yeah. And I like anything as long as it's good, including this next album that we're about to discuss. Well, uh, three albums that we're three about albums. to discuss, but this one in particular, yes, one of the yeah. biggest selling albums in the history of music. Yeah. 1987's Hysteria. Hysteria, and boy, did they go into Hysteria recording and releasing this album. Yes, they did, and they also kicked uh, Michael Jackson off the charts, right, with this album. That's right. Bad was out at the same time. Yeah, and then Michael Jackson was huge, and this—I mean, I, I don't think it, it didn't happen like right away, but I know, like once. No, uh, yeah, this was a while. slow burn. Yeah, I mean, they had released, I think, two singles. Or maybe three singles. I think uh, "Women," mm-hmm. um, "Animal," and the title track before yeah. "Pour Some Sugar on Me" just took off and blew it into the stratosphere. Yeah. So, and, and that's when I became a huge fan. I mean, this this album was my whole life when I was a child. <laughs> I listened to this for so almost every single day. It was the only thing I would listen to. Uh, I had the T-shirt and everything. I was just so hooked on Def Leppard, and every my whole life was Def Leppard. I wanted to be like uh, Rick Allen, you know. I, I think on the original podcast that we recorded of this, I told you the little uh, story that we had to do in school. We had to do like a, a, a like a, a story about uh, like our heroes, you mm-hmm. know, at the time, and and I did one about Rick Allen because I was impressed that you know he lost his arm and he was able to play the drums, you know, with, with his feet and you know get the whole electronic kit and everything and still be able to do what he he's always done and uh that you know that was cool to me because i love playing drums too so it inspired me to you know to be a drummer so i couldn't tell by that huge kit behind you that's not that's only five piece my other one's an eight piece yeah you have another one <laughs> yeah my old one my oh. original one. Oh, the phoenix rain one yeah yeah that's still here yeah that's a different one Mm-hmm. I bought that. Um, actually, I bought that when I started recording the uh, Project Resurrect stuff. I actually recorded the whole, almost all the the songs on my old kit, and then when we had to re-record everything over again, I was like, you know what? Let me buy a new kit. And this was on sale, so I bought it. There you go. What brand is it? Mapex. I like Mapex. I think yeah. Mapex make good sounding drums. I never understood the hate that them were sonar kits got. You know, they're... sonar kits got hate. Yeah, I remember one time I mentioned sonar kits to a couple of drummers, and their attitude was, uh, "Ha!" <laughs> really? I would never think that. Uh, oh, you know, it... Nico McBrain. I mean, that's that's he played on the sonar kit. And he still, I think he still does. And, mm, um, I think he switched to premieres. I don't know. I don't know either, but I know he used to be sonar. And uh, Ingo Schwitzenberg from uh, Halloween was a sonar player. We, we you knew this is Rod Sabre. If you were going to mention Halloween at least once, <laughs> it's got to be at least thrown in there. Once. I, I, I see the pumpkin behind you as well. There it is. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, I don't think Rick Allen played his sonar. What did what did he play originally? Do you remember? So when he was originally um, 
I think I think um I think he was always a Ludwig player and at one point he switched to Thomas mm. but for this tour cycle Simmons okay Simmons electrical kit but I do think it was a Fairlight CMI that they did the drums uh same as they did for Pyromania they used for Hysteria I believe mm. well so but anyway, like I said, this album ruled, ruled my childhood. And um, yeah, I, I own this on cassette. I don't, I don't know how many times I owned it on cassette because I wore the freaking thing out so much from playing it. And uh, yeah, I just I obviously had to get, get the CD. I don't have the, the record, but I, I should probably get that at some point. But uh, like you said, pour some sugar on me. When that, came, when that video came out, that was it for me. I, I, I instantly loved that song. Now I can't stand to hear it almost because it's just... You know, it's still on the radio today. How many times do you really need to hear it? Yeah, you know? it's so ingrained in my DNA. It's I'm hearing it now as we're having this conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it just never leaves you. But even uh, the other song that really hit me, too, was Rocket because of the drums, how the, the song starts out with that drum beat and everything. And, and that did a huge influence on me. Yeah, I think Joe Elliott sampled that from yeah some, uh, somewhere, but it worked. Yeah, yeah, it works. It definitely works with that song. Uh, and Animal 2, the only song that really kind of I didn't really like that much was Love Bites. I, it was like, it's a love song. And, and what do I know about love at like, you know, seven, eight years old? Yeah, but it's an angry love song. Yeah, but I didn't know that at the time, you know? It just actually, it I, okay. So I, I didn't want to drop any, um, a- any spoilers about Lorelei's book. But apparently, I, I will drop this one. I don't think Lorelai would mind. So her and Steve got into a big argument one time, of many times. But um, and then they both hung up the phone on each other, and Lorelai felt bad about it. Steve felt bad about it. Put it into song, mm. and the song was "Love Bites." Ah, so cool. a little backstory on that. That's cool. So now that gives me a, a different perspective on that song, and, and you know, I'll have to listen to it again in a different uh, perspective now. I I love that song. I mean, like, I I wasn't. I mean, to this day, I still really don't like that song. I I'm not crazy about a lot of power ballads because I find them kind of contrived. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some great ones out there that I love. Like, I love Sister Christian from Night Ranger. I think mm-hmm. that that's a good one. Um. That's the only one I'm going to mention. I don't want to go through a whole <laughs> list of them, but no, I I liked Love Bites. I mean, yeah, I, I obviously I when the album came out when I was six, going on seven, so I couldn't relate to it. But I like the melody behind it. I mean, I was always a sucker for melody, and Def Leppard to me was one of those bands who perfected pop music with a hard rock edge. Hmm. I mean, come on, like if you think about it, Power Mania really set the stage for what the the metal and hard rock bands of the 80s set out. And with um, Hysteria, well, everyone ripped them off again for a second time. Right. right. Yeah, you did. Um, and, and Women, too. That was another song I wasn't too crazy about either, because, again, what do I know about women? <laughs> when i'm seven nothing at that time the only women we really knew were our mamas yeah pretty much <laughs> but what a killer riff it is yes now now i love that song and uh yeah a lot of cool stuff going on in there and um yeah it's 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 pretty good and gods of war that was 
probably my top favorite of, on this whole album. That song is just that's that's a metal song, you know. That that song just oh god to this day, like I won't say if it comes on my radio because it doesn't come on the radio. But if it pops up in a playlist, if someone decides oh I don't know this song and they want to skip it, I'd be like, don't you touch that? Don't you touch it? You leave this on. Yeah. And and the cool thing about that too, it's also reminds me when I was younger because you got. uh, uh, Ronald Reagan that? and Margaret Thatcher's voices. Yeah, you got them on there, and that just reminds me of you know Thatcher. everything going on at that time. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, don't shoot shotgun. I mean, towards the end of the album, this is where kind of like dies a little bit for me. I can give or take that song. I mean, I like it, but I love that track. Um, it's like they tried to redo it on Adrenalize as personal property. It didn't work, right. but I like Don't Shoot Shotgun again. Sucker for melody, love the riff. Yeah, it's simplistic in nature, but who cares? I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I can I can give or take that. Uh, Run Riot is okay. Oh, I think that's a killer track. You like that one? Uh, and Hysteria, the title track. I, I always have a mixed feeling about that song, but it is a, it is a great song. I, that's the best ballad on this whole album for me. Very catchy. Uh, melodies and choruses in, in that song and a great dual guitar solo yes by uh phil and steve so yeah. yeah a lot of catchy stuff in that song uh excitable i think we both agree on this one being probably i can't song. stand that song that's the only this is the only song on the entire album that i can't stand like <laughs> i can listen to the album in sequence the moment i hear are you excitable i yeah. skip the moment i hear the word are <laughs> But are you? I, I'm sorry, Def Leppard. I just don't, I don't like. If you were put on your cover of Engelbert Humperdinck's "Please Release Me," that would have been better. Hell, <laughs> if you took one of the B sides uh, on one of the singles, if if you had replaced it with "I Want to Be a Hero," if you had replaced it with uh, "Ring of Fire," which was a song that Wayne and I were supposed to cover, but we didn't get around to it. But we ended up covering another Def Leppard song. We won't tell you what it is though. Not yet probably will hopefully have it completed by the time these five uh five episodes are done so. um you know i want to be your hero if you replaced it with right into the sun then hysteria would have been a perfect 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. but because of excitable i gotta give it a nine and a half out of 10 <laughs> at least yeah, you that's... gave us three perfect albums in a row Def leopard thank you for that <laughs> and the, the final song love and affection I think that's, that one's okay. It's not too bad of a song. Um, I love it. I heard a ballad, live, though. I heard a live bootleg of that from the uh, Donington Fest in '86. Mm. It was heavier. Yeah, it sounded yeah. heavier. I, I, you know, they change things up live, which is it, sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. But yeah. uh, as a whole, you know, the one thing about this album, and I realized this as I listened to it not too long ago. Uh, coming from the, the previous albums, this album is a lot slower. You know, everything is very mid-tempo throughout the whole thing. And then you got the ballads between it too. But the previous albums, they were all, there's a lot of more rocking songs and more faster sped up songs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, in, in that kind of perspective, it kind of drags a little bit. But like I said, this was the album of my childhood. So yeah. I love this album. And on top of that, that was by design. Um, the, Mutt Lang put the idea in their head let's create the rock version of Michael Jackson's Thriller mm. and if you think about it Michael Jackson's Thriller 
regardless of what people may think of the man, it was a perfect pop album. You know, you had your pop music in there. You had your R&B influences. You had your rock influences. You had your dance influences, you know, and this is a rock album that you could dance to as well. So but what the same, I know, I know, I know how you feel about dance music. We argue about ABBA all the time, but oh. the point is, stop it. Oh. Does the man rock an immersible fate shirt with a flannel tee? Yeah, come on. Anyway, um, but hey. you know, they, they created this album to not just keep the fan base they had grown with, but really expand it. And boy, did they expand it. You yeah, know, probably one of the, they're probably the biggest tour of their career. Um, every concert, well, with the exception of a couple of summer shed shows in the, uh, in 88, um, you know, everything was done in the round and, um, you know, it was a slow burn for them, but, you know, the events leading up to this album, you know, who could fault them? I mean, originally the, there was, it was supposed to be Jim, Jim Steinman, the songwriter for Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell to produce it. I think the first song that he produced with them, I think it was Don't Shoot Shotgun. Huh. And the band hated it. And they were just told Jim Simon, you're done. Yeah. Uh, Rick had his, har- his, his car accident, which, you know, he bounced back from. Mutt Lang had his car accident. So over the course of the three and a half years leading up to the release of this album is, you know, yeah, but hey, that's sometimes that's what happens. You have all those tragedies that make it makes a great album. You know, it comes out into that. It definitely does, and you know, it, it's sad that a lot of the traditional hard rock metal Def Leppard fans of old um, say that you know their fandom ends either right after Pyromania or right after High and Dry, right? Because you know, I I. And look, I mean, their opinion is valid, but I love this album. I've always loved this album, and I always will. You know, it was, uh... I I, un- I understand that too, because <laughs> it, it is two almost two different Def Leppards in a way. You know, it, true. It, it, but... it got more poppy. You know, Pyromania and 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 on really got really poppy. And and the first two albums, you can say they're more hard rock and and metal. You know, yeah, with some and... pop elements in it, but. Well, I, I think the melodic elements, you have to thank Steve Clark for that. Right. The hard rock elements, I think that goes to one person alone, and that's Pete Willis. Yeah. You know, he was the one rocking Judas Priest shirts back in the day during Def Leppard photo shoots. So right. that goes to show you what was influencing him. Yep. And then we got what we got. But um, so and this dude, oh, my God, then, MVP yeah. of Def Leppard always. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, you know, a hugely missed because not too. When did he end up dying? January of 91. All right, January of 91. And I remember that coming on MTV. It came out, it was like a special thing, you know, and uh, they said he died. And that, that killed me to see that because, you know, that was the first musician from a band that I, I loved, you know, that, that died. And mm-hmm. um, that just, it killed me, you know? It's like, now what? Is Def Leppard done, you know? I, I did not expect them to continue on without him, but obviously they did. But uh, just to hear that that happened just killed me. Yeah, ninety-one. We lost Steve. We lost Eric Carr, and we lost Freddie Mercury. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was, was a other ones too. But see, yeah, Eric, that was Eric a Carr, shitty year. I uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't a huge. I wasn't like a big fan of Kiss, so I didn't know who Eric Carr was at that time. And then Freddie Mercury, I was just starting to get into Queen a little bit. 
and I really didn't, uh, you know, had no effect on me, but Steve Clark did. Yep. And these next two albums are probably the last of his songwriting that we will ever hear on a upcoming or new at the time, Def Leppard album. And first, uh, first one is Adrenalize. Yep. And when I heard that they were releasing this album, I was very excited. I'm like, what could this possibly sound like without Steve and Aaron? And then they said, you know, he was involved with, with most of the writing on this album. And, uh, you know, you can tell it still kind of has that hysteria type sound to it. And uh, it does have Steve's mark left on some of these songs. But I think as a whole, the album uh, is a little bit of a letdown to me. I think there's there's just a lot of stuff that's just missing from it. I mean, obviously Steve's guitar playing is missing from it, from a lot of stuff, like his uh, solos and things like that. Just, uh, I guess maybe like his spirit, uh, you know, of Def Leppard. It's just something, something about this album. It's just missing something, you know? And I always felt that from the, the moment I listened to it, that some of the songs kind of feel maybe uneven. Um, I, I know a lot of people don't like "Let's Get Rocked," but I like that song. I think it's catchy. I think it's it's a good opener, and they still I believe they still play it today, right? They do. And I know uh, a lot that of and that, "Make uh, Love Like a Man" are the two songs that they really uh, play from this album. God, I cannot stand that song. Neither. <laughs> um, uh, getting back to what you're saying about Steve, though, um, he did record. Uh, a lot of his parts on the demos right. and it was up to Phil to recreate them yeah. and to his credit now I know I've been hard on Phil Collin in the past I know that in the past I said he was a very sloppy player so I want to clarify well, what I meant that, by that now that you've interviewed his wife now you gotta change your story right, go ahead. no 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 I'm not changing my story <laughs> but if you listen to the live album from LA the you know the the uh, L.A. Forum show. Yeah. I wasn't too keen on his playing on that on that live album. Mm. It may have been the cocaine. It may have been the <laughs> cocaine because they were all on cocaine back in the day. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Mm. But by the time Hysteria came out and when you watched In the Round in Your Face, you know, his playing definitely got more refined. And he admitted that by the time that tour rolled around, he was off booze, he was off chemicals, and you know, and and since then his playing has been on such an upswing. So I think maybe too because of Steve Clark being uh, had passed away, you think more he had more pressure on him now to to be a better guitarist. Well, that... not only I mean the, the him quitting the alcohol was while Steve was alive. It was okay. during the stages of hysteria. Because mm. once he realized how much he was drinking, he was like, I need to stop. Mm. You know, um, unfortunately, Steve didn't. Mm. Um, but it's to, to Phil's credit, he definitely honored him by not, you know, obviously Phil doing his parts. He did all the solos, but Steve's parts, he mimicked perfectly. It To me, it's like on the songs that I love from this album, it's like, he's still there. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to knock a journalist for that. Mm. However, there are five songs of this album. I don't like, <laughs> which is half of the freaking album. Uh, Unfortunately, heaven, <laughs> uh, heaven is that one's okay. I mean, that's a slow type ballad thing, but um, yeah, make a love like a man. 
I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't Who even says that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. I'm like, why? And still, I'm still too young to know what the hell that even meant. You know, 90, uh, what was it? 92. This is out. I didn't even yeah, know what was... masturbation was when that song came <laughs> out. <laughs> I think I was just learning, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I just, no, I, I just did not like that song. I still don't. Um, tonight, yeah, I wasn't feeling that one either. But that song I like. Yeah, tonight is definitely like one of the. It's ballad esque, yeah, but yeah, that, that's the other thing rocking. too. A lot of these songs are ballads on this song on this album. Well. That's, Kind of bothered me a little bit. I understand why, because you know the time, but um, mm-hmm. just not what I was looking for at that age. You know, still today, I'm still not a fan of ballad stuff. I like the more faster songs. Yes, I I, I know you still prefer. Um, uh, oh, what's the uh, ballad from Halloween on Time of the Oath? Uh, Neverland. What's that one called? Yeah, Neverland. Uh, Forever in One. Now I love that song. That's a great ballad. Yeah. You gotta admit that's a great ballad. No, it is, it is a good one. But I prefer the older ones, like uh, uh, what the hell was that? Um, windmill? No, <laughs> I, I do like windmill. But this windmill. I like windmill oh, now too. So, oh <laughs> uh, my god, I'm drawing a blank. But we got the right. Ah, like got a it. That was a cool song. Again, um, we're talking about Halloween. I know you always bring... episode. <laughs> I'm sure Halloween somehow relates to Def Leppard at some point because. Going through like the def the uh, um what I got okay here's degrees <laughs> of separation Def Leppard and Halloween so Michael Kiske who was in Halloween did an album that included contributions from Adrian Smith who at one point at one point prior to Vivian Campbell there were talks of him joining Def Leppard see I knew it. It was got to be something related to Halloween. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> How the uh, hell did I tie that together? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. But uh, getting back to Def Leppard, um, the best song, I, probably my one of my favorite Def Leppard songs ever, "White Lightning." Yeah, which, which is dedicated to to uh, Steve, and mm-hmm. just, just an awesome, awesome song. Kind of similar to "Gods of War" in a way. But uh, really, just awesome song. Yeah, I mean that. Oh my god! Like I've always said, growing up, that the three guitar heroes, it you know, in my life, when I was a little kid, prior to me learning the instrument, were Eddie Van Halen, Randy Rhodes, and Steve Clark. And when I heard that he had died, I, I didn't know how to process it because i had never experienced anybody dying in my life Mm. it wasn't until i heard white lightning where i was like i was finally able to release that sadness because Mm. i just felt like they they captured his essence so beautifully on that song you know i mean phil's solo on that is oh god i mean that's the solo that made me gain the respect for him that i have as uh, as a guitarist so, you know, I, and it's funny, I did tell Helen, I said, I wanted to be a guitar player because of Steve, but I do play a Jackson because of Phil. So, 
Cool. Even though it's an Adrian Smith model. So don't get offended, Phil, but your guitars are too damn expensive. <laughs> I'm not paying four G's for a guitar with a sustainer pickup, even though I want one. <laughs> maybe one. Maybe Santa Claus this year. Santa Phil, send me one. <laughs> hey, he might for thank you for uh, interviewing his wife. You never know. You never know. It'd be cool if I got him on the show, but uh, you know. know. Hey, listen, Helen was awesome. All right. She she's the artist that I was promoting. Yeah. Did you, did you ask her if you could get Phil on the show? I didn't want to impose that. However, mm-hmm. I did mention to Helen, I said, if Phil wants to do a one-on-one, he's more than welcome to. But, you know, let him be the one to say, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, I didn't, get to, I, I didn't get to Helen to get to Phil. I got to Helen because I wanted Helen on the show right, because right. I loved her artwork and I loved her photography. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> you have 10 seconds to apologize for calling me a liar no <laughs> i didn't say that at all liar but, you know, anyway stand up and kick love into motion no thank you honey i'm too tired tonight <laughs> i love uh, this track oh god why this is one of the five <laughs> i love really oh my god no i can't do this song either it's another ballad another slow song well, mm-hmm. you're going to be disappointed with another song on side two. Yeah, well, a personal property. It speeds up on there, but again, no, I, I don't like it. I wasn't a fan of that one either. No. Um, and then the other ballad, Have You Ever Needed... Such a long title. Have You Ever Needed Someone So Bad? I do love this one. You do like that one. I don't like that one either. Um, and then I Want to Touch You. No, thank you. No, I don't want to touch you. <laughs> Both to the song and you requesting that. Anyways. <laughs> and the final song, Tear It Down. Now, that this one okay. I love. That one's, yes, that, that is a very good ending song. And that was the original mm. B-side to Women. Right. Yep. And um, yeah, so I mean, like this album is just, it's so ballady. It's just so, it's it's a dark album for them. And I understand why, because Steve died and everything. But it just, I wanted this album to be so good because, you know, Steve was gone and they had to prove that they were still a good band to me. And this album didn't prove it. And this album really is kind of why, well, not, not why, but um, where I kind of let Def Leppard go in a way, you know, mm-hmm. and I moved on to other bands. I, I found Metallica and I found uh, Iron Maiden and, and uh, Halloween and all that stuff. So I got away from Def Leppard because of this, you know, I, I did not like it. I can see that. I could also at uh, at twelve years old, um, you know, I I have. Well, actually, it came out when I was eleven, going on twelve. Um, I was just so happy that Def Leppard had released a new album that, you know, although I could reluctantly play armchair quarterback right now and look back and see and say, you know what, like there's half the album I love, the other half I don't care for. Um, but at the time I was just so happy that they were still together and still releasing huh. products. And, um, you know, at the time, 11 years old. Yeah. To me, I, I, I remember saying, wow, this album's better than hysteria. <laughs> what? <laughs> but now my favorite album, you know, of, uh, it's not just my favorite Def Leppard album of all time, but it's one of my top 10 favorite albums of all time, high and dry. Now I compare everything to that, and I'm like, no, nope, can't rate, no, nope, no. Nope, yeah, it's nope. tough, man. It's really tough because that that that's my favorite one. I think even after Hysteria, I think you know, High and Dry is the best. But um, 
yeah adrenalized it just it didn't do it for me and i, and I was disappointed i was upset because you know def leopard was my world <laughs> and and i didn't want to let that go i still had the posters and obviously i still stuck with the band you know i still do today you know yeah i still buy everything and um always well, you know, wait till we get to slang and well slang was good but wait till we get to x people <laughs> yeah yeah <sighs> god but, uh, but before we get to those we get to retroactive now this yes, i didn't even what i was gonna say by this time vivian campbell is an official member right he is uh, they announced he was an official member but um he's really not on this because this is more of a um leftover like a, b-sides and yeah. yeah i think he was on one song i can't remember i should get it back of vocals on action and i think that he might be on desert song i think no yeah, is it desert more. song uh it's on the it's in it's in the liner notes so the it's album it's uh two steps behind he's on that okay he does, he does the guitar solo uh do, 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 do. i'm not going to edit this out uh phew, god do you think i remember this Seems to be the only one that he was on. Oh no, uh, nope. Two steps behind. Yes, <laughs> two steps behind was the only one he was on. Action. He did uh, backing vocals. You are correct on that. And uh, and he wasn't on Desert Song. No. Okay. Nope. Was not on there. Well, so just those those two songs. Desert Song. Jesus Christ! What were they holding out on us? That was such a killer opening track. That's one of my top ten favorite Def Lep songs. And I mean, just the opening riff. It was, it was very Led Zeppelin-y, very right. White Snakey, and uh, you know, I, I, I was like, "Oh, are they back?" Right, because it it opened up and it was very dark, a very dark yeah. and heavy heavy song. I'm like, "All right," I'm kind of like this direction that they're going in, and I wasn't too sure, um, even though he wasn't on a song. But uh, Vivian Campbell, I wasn't sure what he was going to bring to the band. I was kind of afraid, and I didn't know who he was either. I didn't know he was he he was with Dio. I had no idea. I didn't like Dio at the time either. Mm. So not knowing that, I, I was afraid of what this guy was going to do. But then when I heard this song, I f- figured, all right, maybe they're going to go into this heavier direction and everything. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they did not. But Desert Song, yes, it is a great opening track to this album. They did carry that. some of that Middle Eastern influence, though, over into slang. So yeah, yeah that's something true. carried over. Yep. And then you got Fractured Love, another really heavy song and dark, too. You yep. know, for for Def Leppard, and I think that's a really great song. Mm-hmm. And and action, that one's a pretty cool one too. I like that one. Not very a bad catchy. sweet cover, yeah. Yeah, it's a very uh, you know, it's a faster song. It's, it's pretty catchy. I didn't know that was a sweet cover. Well, as I, that's uh, well, what what was the only sweet song I knew about before that? Uh, Ballroom Blitz, and that was thanks to Wayne's World. Oh yeah, yeah, everybody knew that one uh but the the one song did scare me a little bit because i remember the video uh two steps behind Mm -hmm. i did not want to hear that just so crazy because that was released on the last action hero soundtrack right and it was the michael came and added the orchestra after they had already written it Mm. and you know, the, it was on an album with Angry Again from Megadeth and What the Hell Have I from Alice in Chains <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, oh, and Big Gun by ACDC. And you yeah. wonder how, who, who, who was the marketing genius behind this? But, you know. <laughs> I know. That was, that's an awesome soundtrack. That's one of my favorite all-time soundtracks. And I didn't even see that movie until like years and years later. I always loved I'm that sorry soundtrack. you even saw it. No, that was a good, I actually liked that movie. 
Uh, it was really I, good. I, the police chief was my favorite captain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember too much. <laughs> but it wasn't that bad. But yeah, seeing uh, two steps behind it and the acoustic thing, I'm like, oh man, is this what it's going to happen? And uh, yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that song at all. Still don't. Um, she's too tough. I eh, that one's okay. I love that track. Yeah, of course you would. I do, <laughs> and I like the Helix version too. Yeah. Uh, miss you in a heartbeat. Nah, doesn't do nothing for me. It's a it's good too, ballad. Um, this is around the time that you could see, you know, oh wow, I could hear this on Light FM. So right, right, yeah. So we're getting into that territory. Yeah. Uh, and then only in the dark again. Another song. Is that a cover? Yeah, I think it's a cover yeah. of a a Mick Ronson song. And, uh, you know, they're big fans of Bowie and Ronson was um, Bowie's guitarist during his uh, early days, you know, um, Moon Age Daydream and Ziggy Stardust. So, mm. yeah, the cool stuff. Yeah, but, not uh, a bad song. It's all right. And Right Into the Sun, that one didn't do nothing for me either. Now, that is actually, that song dates back to their first EP. Am I thinking of something else? Hold on a minute, Ryan. Yes, I am thinking of the wrong song. Sorry. Yes, you are correct, sir. Uh, actually, I believe that's the first song on the EP. That is the first song that on the, the EP. Yeah. So no, no, that song, I, that one I do enjoy, and they re uh, redid it on here. So it's kind of cool to hear like a different version because I, actually, not too long ago, I got the EP. They had it for Record Store Day. Really? That's yeah. a cool find. Yep, they re-released that, so that was cool to get that. And uh, yeah, two. They sound not too much different from each other, but uh, you can tell this one's a lot more updated sounding. That's yeah, well, you can, you can tell these drums were meant for Rick Allen because Rick Allen was not on the EP. Right. That was uh, Frank Noon, who was a session drummer for them after Tony Kenning got quit, which, by the way, and no relation another to me. piece of Def Leppard uh, stuff info that I got. My time with Def Leppard and other bands, Tony Kenning. The original member before the ep came out hmm. and um mind you it's only got about 70 pages in it but it was a pretty cool read <laughs> didn't have much going on i guess <laughs> well i mean you know he he was he was around for those early stages but hmm. then when it you know came time to do the ep nope wow that, that he, they didn't want him to do it or he didn't last like himself um i think he I think he, no, he was he he was relieved of duty is what happened. Right. Again, I'm not going to get into spoilers. By the book, it is on Amazon. So better off for it anyway because you know Rick Allen fits the band. He's Def Leppard, so yeah, he's the only drummer for me. For uh, from the inside is I'm trying to remember. I don't have my notes, but is that that's the one that's like a, a westerny type song, right? Celtic westerny, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was all right. I mean, you know, right. don't do nothing for me. But the big, shining, awesomest song I've heard of Def Leppard, probably my another one of my top top favorites, "Ring of Fire." My all time favorite Def Leppard song. Yeah, uh, this that song was just fucking awesome. And uh, like yeah. we said earlier, we were going to cover that song. We still will, I think. I really have. I to. hope to. I, I got to cover that song. That, that's yeah. When I first heard that one too, I'm like. There's no way Def Leppard cannot, the next album cannot be heavy like this. You know? Because <laughs> we got three well, songs on here that are dark and heavy. Come on, you can do it. And they've only performed that song on one tour. 
Oh, really? And that was the X tour mm. on oh, seven geez. dates on all the tours that cover that song on. Yeah, they did a three night stand at the Beacon Theater and they opened up one of the shows with this song. Wow. That's cool. It's a good song, though. Um, yeah. I mean, I wanna... Jesus Christ, the riff alone, just enough to melt right. faces. Yeah. That intro, just sneaking in there and just that song just explodes. It's a cool song. Awesome. Uh, I want to be your hero. I like it. It's all right. I, I can give or take it. Doesn't do much for me, though. Um, I miss you in a heartbeat, the electric version. I still don't like that song. Now, you know, the funny thing is, like, (laughs) Phil wrote Miss You in a Heartbeat, and the first band to ever record it was a band called The Law, which had Mr. Paul Rogers on vocals. And I heard that version. And I I have to say, I mean, Paul Rogers and Joe Elliott are two completely different styles of vocals. But I don't know, like, I think when, when, um, when Paul sang it, there was a soul to it you know there was like it was a certain soul to it that you can only get from his voice i mean one of the greatest singers in rock music history ever so uh i would say if you don't like the Def leopard version check out the version by the law it's on itunes i'll have to give it i never even know that i'll have to check that out and then the electric version of two steps behind again that does nothing for me yeah i felt like i think by uh by the time that song came on, I was like, uh, that's when I would just skip and go back to the beginning. Of the yeah, album. there's like no reason to hear it. Really. <laughs> and there <laughs> is the piano ballad version of Miss You in a Heartbeat, which Wayne, we, we know you don't like it. And no, I'm it's fine. Like <laughs> but it's not on there. So I must be on something else. But yeah, I mean, you know, retroactive. Um, half of it is there. The other half of it is amazing. Um, you could have, you know, heard some of these songs on a, again, like when I, when I mentioned that the, the B sides on the singles for hysteria, you could have taken any of them and replace excitable with it. It would have made it a perfect album. Right. In a way, I feel like if you took the best songs from adrenalize and the best songs from retroactive again, another situation, you'd have mm-hmm. a perfect album. You would, there would be a, a lot better songs on there. At least, at least yeah. three more. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing about Duff Upper, you know, and, and I know I mentioned this in uh, one of the episodes that we did was, you know, there's stuff that we love. There's stuff that we right. that we don't like. Yeah. There's stuff that we just wonder what the hell were they thinking? Mm-hmm. But we're fans right. and they will. I think it's safe to say they will always release stuff, release stuff that we will be fans of. Right. Even if the album is not great, there will be shining gems on those albums that stand there's, there's, out. There's always something, you know. I don't ever buy a Def Leppard album and not like at least one or two songs off of it, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I hope to have more songs than that because I don't like to. I hate when you buy an album and you only like one or two songs. That kind of sucks, but uh, it just happens, you know. Mm-hmm. And Def Leppard too, they they went off their. I mean, now they're this pop band or whatever that they say they are, but they went off so deep from what I listen to now. It's it's hard for me to get into a lot of the music that they they write, you know. Yeah, and I do believe that every band needs to grow and they need to mature. Um, but I also think it's important that you know you keep your fan base. Yeah. yeah, it's great to expand, but don't forget the ones that took you to the dance in the first place. You know, 
Right. I mean, I remember the. Uh, I think I mentioned that when we did our uh, screens from the grave episode on on through the night. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, we did that album twice on this show. <laughs> yeah. What came first? <clears throat> what do you mean? What what did we film first? I know we I know the screens from the grave episode that, came out first, but what did we film yeah. first? No, we re, we filmed that one first. We did film that one. Yeah, and I, I think that was the impetus for us doing this. So. Yeah, yep, yeah, it was. So that's that, and um, yeah, so you know, go check out those albums if for some reason you haven't checked out uh, either Hysteria or Retroactive or um, Adrenalized. I mean, go, go give them a listen. You know, especially Hysteria. Everybody's heard that album. If you listen to our radio, almost every song is on the radio anyway. Seven hits. Yeah. One of them went all the way to number one. And this ends the Steve Clark chapter of Def Leppard. Yes, it does. And rest, rest in, in peace, peace sir. Steve Clark. And uh, we will see what part three of our, I guess it's a five-part series of Def Leppard, right? It is a five-part series. Five-part. So we will see you guys on part three next week. Right. Oh, and check out uh, the Vault album as well because that has uh, I don't know. I love the song When Love and Hate Collide. I know you're not a ballad fan, but I like it. But the single version has the last solo of Steve Clark ever recorded, so right. that's the significance. I don't think I have the Vault. I'll take a look over there. Okay. I think I bought it. I don't know. I forgot. But anyways, thanks for checking out this episode, <laughs> and. Uh, We'll see you on the next one where we cover slang and euphoria. Yeah, I believe so. I don't remember. It was so long ago. We recorded this these shows a while ago, and, and I've been lazy. But no, we we've actually had other shows in between to get done before I wanted to finish this. So, yeah, and we've been going live every week. So you know, yes. So we you're welcome. But uh, you know what? It actually worked out in a way because now, well, I'm not going to spoil it with what we're doing, but. Uh, it worked out. <laughs> oh, you mean the cover song? No. Well, that oh. too, but uh, with, uh, you know, we kind of get a break for a month. Oh, yeah, this is true. Well, we haven't gone on a break yet, but we will. We will. When you see these episodes, we will not be uh, on, you know, doing any shows. Yeah, uh, we just don't like you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not happening. But there will be a new Rat Salad review come uh, January of 2022. Some new shows will be added and... Um, are we making a new intro to include James and Danny? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens about that. But yeah, just uh, stay tuned to Rat Salary. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Anchor, and Lou. Follow Lou Mavs, musicislifepodcast.com. And follow him on all his stuff. And please hit that subscribe on his YouTube channel. How many uh, subscribers you got now on YouTube? 117. Oh, wow. Really cool. I think the last time you had like 70 something, didn't you? I don't remember, but um, a really big shout out to the uh, diehard Def Leppard fan page on Facebook for all the love that you've shown the episodes that I did with uh, Lorelai and with Helen and with Denise in general. And again, all the love in the world to Helen Collin and Lorelai Shellis. God bless you, ladies. Thank you so much for doing my little podcast. Very cool. I'll have to join those pages because I don't think I join them all right i'll add you all right fine all right guys anything else all right guys it's just me well no i mean these guys watching oh you watching thank you for watching (laughs) demand me (laughs) (laughs) had to throw that in there yeah all right we will see you next week
Until bye, then. everybody. Bye bye. See ya. What?